Amen. All right. I want to start reading in verse 13 of Philippians chapter 1. And or let's start in verse 12. Notice it says, But I would, uh, you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. These specific things he's talking about are bad things that happen. But he said these bad things that happen have caused the gospel to be spread even more. It has advanced the gospel. And he said, so that my bonds in Christ are manifest in all the palace and in all other places. So all these bad things that's going on with Paul, it's making news, which is just causing people to talk about the things of God. You know, why is Paul in prison? Why is he going through all these things? So this, uh, these bad things that happened was good because it advanced the gospel, which was important. It was bad for Paul, but it was good for the gospel, which is, was his focus, which is what he was all about. And then he says, and many of my brethren in the Lord, waxing confident by my bonds, are much more bold to speak the word of the Lord without fear. So you've got all these other guys. They see that Paul's in prison and they're like, you know what? We're not going to let him be the only guy suffering, the only guy struggling, the only guy preaching the gospel. You know what? Let's go do it too. So because of what happened to Paul, it emboldened others to go out and to preach even more. So once again, these bad things, it's just causing the gospel to be spread even more. But then in verse 15 he says, Some indeed preach Christ even of envy and strife, and some also of goodwill. The one preach Christ of contention, not sincerely supposing to add affliction to my bonds. Right? Some people do. They preach Christ for the wrong reasons. There are some people out there who, you know, and I think maybe in this situation what he was talking about, you know, trying to add affliction to his bonds, maybe these people that were, that were out there, that didn't really like Paul, but they were believers and they're thinking, you know what, while he's in prison, this is our opportunity to build a following. Maybe his followers will see how he's struggling and going through a hard time and maybe they'll join our group. You know, and so they're trying to add affliction and this will really get him because maybe they had a, a spat with Paul in the past. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. I'm, I'm speculating a little bit here, but the thing is, notice how what he says about this. He says in verse 17, But other of love, knowing that I am set for the defense of the gospel, what then, notwithstanding every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I therein do rejoice, yea, and will rejoice. At the end of the day, what was important to Paul was the fact that the gospel was being preached. And so even though some people are doing it for the wrong reason, some people were motivated by the fact that Paul was in prison for the right reasons, some for the wrong reasons. But either way, Paul just knows that what was going on in his life, it was causing the furtherance of the gospel. So he said, you know what? I'm just going to rejoice. I'm going to thank God. Because at the end of the day, it was not about Paul. It was about Jesus Christ. And what I want to talk about tonight, I want to talk about fellowships and splits. All right. And when I talk about fellowships and splits, I'm talking about within, uh, within religions, you know, so we're in an independent church. But, you know, we fellowship with churches, don't we? You know, we've got, I've got pastor friends. I have other preachers that come in here. Uh, and, you know, we, we fellowship with each other. But you know what? Sometimes when churches fellowship, and even though we don't have like an organized fellowship that you can join or anything like that, you know, there are people sometimes that, and I've never been officially in a fellowship. You know, I've never joined a fellowship. I've never signed anything. I never donated any money, you know, to be in some kind of fellowship. But at the same time, I have fellowship with people my whole life. I like 
believers. I like other preachers. I like other Christians. I love visiting other churches and getting around other people of God. I love going to other churches and just watching what they do and trying to learn. And say, you know, I like what they're doing in their service here. I'm going to add that in our, our service. People say, oh, you're just copying them. Yeah, I am. That was a good idea. I want to, I want to do that. You know, sometimes I see things that I don't like. You know, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to do that. I've, I've been places before. I've even seen things with preachers before where I'll notice them doing something and I'm like, you know, that I kind of do. And I, I like see myself in them and I learn from it. And I'll say, you know what? That doesn't really look good. And, you know, I think I do that too. I probably should stop doing that. You know, we all learn, you know, the whole iron sharpeneth iron thing. And, you know, and I do, I enjoy fellowships, but sometimes there's splits. And when that happens, people often get very discouraged by that. And people don't know what to think and they get all bent out of shape. But I want us to see what our, our if we have the right mindset, we're not really going to care about that. It, it really isn't going to matter. And the truth is, you know, fellowships and splits are nothing new. They have been going on since Paul's day. I want you to turn over to Acts chapter 15. I want us to see an example of this in Paul's day. And I, I want to point out some things in here that I think will uh, be helpful, just going to help us understand some things because it's amazing the carnal mind, how it works. And there's you know people all the time, they'll see things that are going on in our ministry and they just assume I must be thinking some things. And one of the biggest mistakes people make, especially my enemies with me, is assuming I think like them. Alright? And you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything, I just don't think like most people. And they often fail in trying to get at me because they go at me with things that would get them. But what gets most people don't, doesn't get me. I, I do. I just have a different mindset with stuff. You know, I, I, so I've been around this thing for a while, and you, you, you learn a few things. All right, you learn a few things growing up in a pastor's home. You learn a few things just going to church your entire life. I mean, I have always loved visiting other churches too. You know, when I was in, when I was at Lighthouse, I mean, at least once a month, I was visiting another church for a revival meeting, a conference, something like that. I don't do it that much anymore because nobody invites me to anything anymore, you know, but, uh, I, but I used to do it a lot and I, I would still do it if, you know, if people wanted me to. Uh, and I, I, and I don't have as much time anymore either, you know, working part-time job. It is a little harder for me to get away. I mean, sometimes I do get invited to stuff and I just, I, I just can't. But at the same time, I do, I love it. I, I enjoy it. I've been doing it my whole life and I want to keep doing it. But look at it in Acts chapter 15, verse 33. It says, And after they had tarried there a space, they were let go in peace from the brethren unto the apostles, notwithstanding it pleased Silas to abide there still. Paul also and Barnabas continued in Antioch, teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. And some days after, Paul said unto Barnabas, Let us go again and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how they do. And Barnabas determined to take with them John, whose surname was Mark. But Paul thought not good to take him with them, who departed from them from Pamphylia and went not with them to the work. So here we have a situation. Paul, he's kind of the leader. And Paul says, hey, you know what? Let's make another trip. All these uh, churches that we visited in our last journey, let's go visit all of them again. Let's go see how they're doing and check up on them. And so 
Paul and Barnabas as they're planning the trip. Barnabas, you know, he's not, you know, he's, he's there to contribute. He did a lot. It was actually Barnabas that got the other apostles to accept Paul. Remember that story? They, they didn't know if they could trust Paul. They had heard about what he used to do. It was Barnabas that got everyone to accept Paul. And so Barnabas says, hey, let's take John Mark with us. And Paul said, no, I don't want to take him. He departed from us before. You know what? He messed up. We can't count on him. And they had a disagreement. Two good guys. Two good guys that were friends had a disagreement. And it says the contention was so sharp between them that they departed asunder one from the other. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed unto Cyprus. And Paul chose Silas and departed being recommended by the brethren under the grace of God. So right here, we see there's a split right here with two guys that worked together great, that did great things for God. We see a lot of great stories about. They had a nasty disagreement and they separated. They parted ways. Now let me ask you, who was right in this situation? Was Paul right or was Barnabas right? I mean, you know, maybe we shouldn't talk about that. We might end up having a split over that. All right, you know, and I'm just, I'm just going to be honest with you. You know, I don't, you know, I, once again, I have an opinion on everything. All right. I have an opinion on everything. Uh, and, and, but when I, and I try to let you know when I'm preaching my opinion. In my opinion, I think Barnabas was right. And I think I personally think Paul figured that out later. All right? and I'll show you some scriptures on that in a little bit. But at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. And you can look at this story and say, man, Bar Paul and Barnabas, what a great team. What a tragic end to a great team. You know, over just you know this, this one dispute... Over John, Mark, are we serious? I mean, are they going to split over something as small as that? I mean, boy, what a shame that was. Why couldn't they have just gotten along? Why couldn't they have just focused on the kingdom of God and got over their petty pride and their differences and just continued working together to do great things for God? Why couldn't they have done that? Well, you know what? Maybe it wasn't God's will for them to do that. You know, who knows? Maybe. We don't know much about what happened with Barnabas after this, but maybe they got twice as much done after they split. You don't think Barnabas probably learned a few things from Paul after working with them all those years? You don't think Barnabas probably took a lot of the same things Paul did? You don't, you think Barnabas probably didn't preach some of the same sermons that Paul preached in the places that he went? I mean, at the end of the day, while well, we had two good guys that ended up parting ways over a disagreement, the Word of God kept being preached, didn't it? The Word of God went, kept going forward. But, you know, they did. They, they had, they had a problem. Turn, and, you know, so what was this? All right. You know, let, let's get involved in the argument a little bit. All right. You know, we all like to get involved when there's a controversy. So, you know, what, what do we think the motivation was here? All right. So for the, if you're, all right, go ahead and raise your hand. All right. Just, we're, we're not going to fight over this. We split over this. Our church is pathetic and we deserve to die. All right. Who thinks Paul is right? All right. Just my wife. Aaron, you think Paul's right? You're kind of right. It's okay. I mean, hey, I'm not gonna. Be, we're not throwing anybody out of the church if you're different than me on this. All right. All right. Who thinks Barnabas was right? All right. All right. Well, it looks like if we had a church split, you know, most people would stay with me. <laughs> but uh, all right. Well, hey, did y'all think about this? Barnabas. All right. If I may join the Paul side for a while, Barnabas. You know, he's just showing favoritism here. You know, he's showing nepotism here because. It's very likely that John Mark was his nephew. All right, look what it says in Colossians 4:10. All 
we see we see something here uh, in the Bible that maybe gives us some insight to why Barnabas chose John Mark. It says Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, saluteth you, and Marcus, sister's son to Barnabas. Notice that. Now here's the thing: it could be a different Marcus. All right. Most people say when they're talking about this, they will say that John Mark was Barnabas's nephew. All right. I don't know for sure. And this is how it is in most disputes between people. We don't know for sure what was going on on both sides, do we? All right? But it kind of looks like here, it would be real easy to you know, get it out there, that Barnabas was just showing favoritism because it was his nephew. He didn't want to cause problems in his family. So even though you know, John Mark's a quitter, even though John Mark's a loser, Barnabas ends up siding with him because it was his nephew. And Paul didn't, shouldn't have to put up with that. You know, Paul, with all the dangerous situations that he would put himself in, do you really think he needed a quitter like John Mark out there with him? You know, just because Barnabas is just so, you know, loyal to family, you know, and not instead of just what's right, you know, I personally think that, you know, Paul was right. You know, it's one of these things I could preach either way. All right. I, I, I could preach on Paul's side. I could preach on Barnabas' side. It's kind of the same thing with Babylon. All right. I could pre- I could preach Babylon anywhere. I, I could preach it as the United States. I could preach it as Israel or Jerusalem. I could preach it as the Catholic Church if I wanted to. You know, I, it's, I, I heard a story one time about a preacher. He said that he talked to this guy. They called him up to play a joke on him, and they pretended that they were this big name preacher and that wanted him to come preach for him. And so they called this guy up and they asked him, "Hey, would like for you to come preach for me?" And the guy's like all excited. He's like, "There's this one thing." What's your position? And I don't, I don't remember for sure what the doctrine was, but it was like a controversial doctrine. They said, they said, what position is your position on this? And he just said, man, I can preach it either way you want. <laughs> That's exactly what the guy said. He was just one of these guys that just wanted to get someplace to preach. And I, I don't think we ought to be like that, but with some things, you know, it's probably not that big of a deal. But, you know, the apostle Paul, he probably did. He probably did feel that John Mark had failed him in Acts chapter 13. In verse 13, it says, Now when Paul and his company loosed from Paphos, they came to Perga and Pamphylia, and John departed from them, uh, returned to Jerusalem. Now it doesn't tell us why, it doesn't even tell us it's a bad thing, but we see this is where he departed from them, and then it's referenced in chapter 15, how John Mark had left him. Paul was probably just disappointed. He thought, you know what, he had his chance, I'm not going to waste my time with quitters. You know, who knows what the attitude is. But at the same time, if I may fight for Barnabas, you know, if I was Barnabas, I'd have just been telling, I'd been like, hey, Paul, remember when everybody thought you were worthless? Remember when everybody thought you were faking? When you were just playing a trick on them? Who was it that got the apostles to accept you, Paul? It was me. Who was right then? It was me. And you know what? I know John Mark better than I know you. And I'm telling you, he's gotten right. We can count on him. And at the end of the day, we do see in 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 10, it says, For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed at Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia, Titus to Almatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. So this is in 2 Timothy. This is later in Paul's life. Once again, this might be a different Mark. I don't know. But most people say it's the same one. So according to what we see here, years later, Paul said, John Mark is profitable for me. Send him. 
So you know what? I say Barnabas was right. So what do you think about that, Sandra? <laughs> Eventually, you know, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. All right, it really doesn't matter if it, who was right. You know, it's but at the same time, we see even if with somebody like Paul and Barnabas, we had a split, and you know, this contention that they had, you know. Contention often causes people to make mistakes. It causes them to make bad decisions. Look at what it says in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. All these, the, the way this message is, all these places we're going, um, inserting these little facts and details that we see all over the New Testament, but at the same time, we don't really have the full picture, the full story of everything that went on in this split, in this contention, we see some more examples of it here. You know, just trying to put two and two together. But isn't that what we're often, we often find ourselves doing when it comes to fights between groups, when it comes to splits and fellowships? We're always trying to analyze the data that we're getting. All right. You know, what's this person saying? What's that person saying? And we, do we ever usually get the whole story? No. We don't usually get the whole story whenever there's some kind of fight going on. So we need to keep that in mind because it's, it's the same thing that we see here in the Bible. We don't really know for sure. So what conclusion should we come to? Okay, That's where I'm going with this message. The conclusions we should come to when we see this type of thing. But let's look a little more into this conflict between Paul and Barnabas. It says in Galatians 2.11, it says, But when Peter was come to Antioch, I was stood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Boy, Paul's messing with Peter. He was a good guy. And Barnabas, who was a good guy. Sounds like Paul's just contentious. You know, sounds like Paul just has an attitude problem. But, and you know, of course it looks like Paul is in the right here because who do you think's right in Galatians? Right? He was writing under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, though. So I'm, I'm pretty sure Paul was right in this situation. But look what it says in verse 12. It says, For before that certain came from James, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. So in other words, Peter here, he's letting these Judaizers influence him from, or influence him away from, you know, eating with the Gentiles and, you know, they're, they're trying to force all these customs on him. And he wanting to please these people for whatever reason, he's letting them influence them. And the thing is, these guys that were coming in that he's trying to influence, or the the you know they're bringing in false doctrine. And so Paul rebukes them for it. Peter got out of line. Did you know sometimes good people get out of line? Sometimes good people stray a little bit. Sometimes good people mess up. It happens. Good people can do some bad things sometimes. Verse 13, it says, And other Jews dissembled likewise with them, insomuch that Barnabas also was carried away with their dissimulation. Okay? Now, if we go back to Acts, the Acts doesn't give a lot of details in this story, but I, I believe it's clear that this event that Paul's talking about, it happened in Acts chapter 15. And we see that Barnabas in this situation, when it came with Peter, who was messing up and who was in the wrong, Barnabas got carried away with their dissimulation or just their hypocrisy in this situation. Now, here's points for the Paul side. Okay, Barnabas was wrong in what he did here, wasn't he? Now, I don't think it's a coincidence that Barnabas kind of gets out of line when he's fighting with Paul. When, when Barnabas is mad at Paul, all of a sudden, when another good guy is fighting with Paul, who does Barnabas side with? The guy fighting Paul. 
Well, was it about this situation here? Or was it that Barnabas was bent out of shape over what Paul did with John Mark? Okay? Y'all see how, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of things here. You know, it's real easy to go back and forth. You know, I personally think a lot of the reason Barnabas got out of line here was because he just wanted to side against Paul because he was mad at Paul. There was a lot of contention. And so in verse 14 it says, But when I saw that they walked not uprightly, according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou being a Jew livest after the man of the Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners as the Gentiles. So he's getting on to Peter for this. He's like, you're sending a wrong message with this. You're being, uh, you're, you're being a, hip, a hypocrite for this. And the truth is, I think the reason that Barnabas went along with him is because Barnabas was mad at Paul. But did that mean that Barnabas was wrong when it came to this dispute between him and John Mark? No, it didn't. It didn't. But at the same time, when you're mad at somebody, when you're, when you're upset with somebody, you do. You want to side against them. It's just kind of a, it's kind of a natural thing, and I think that's what was going on right here. So, you know, Paul, he's you know upset. He's disappointed with Peter for being intimidated by the Jews. We see that uh, Barnabas gets caught up in this, and you know what? That's probably what Barnabas used as an excuse. You know, it's like, well, you know, I saw Paul. You know, he's railing on Peter, and so you know, I was like, you know what? If you're going to rail against good men of God like that. You know, I'm not going to have anything to do with you anymore. And so I'm going to go and I'm going to do my own thing. You know, I don't know that he told people that. He might have. I'm just judging him the way people are today. And thing is, you know, the real reason was is because he got his feelings hurt over the whole John Mark thing. Or maybe because Paul was wrong in the John Mark thing. But maybe he didn't want to bring that up because it hit too close to home because it was his nephew. And so you see how at the end of the day, we just, we really can't know with all this stuff, who's right, who's wrong, and it really doesn't matter. So what's the mindset that we should have? Because we still see this type of thing today, where we see, we see splits and fellowships, we see people who are friends that aren't friends anymore. You know, there, uh, there's many examples of that. There's preachers today that at one time I had preach here that I would never have come preach here again. There's preachers that have had me preach before that I would, you know, that they would never have me preach again. You know, who's right in these conflicts? All right. And obviously I'm always going to think I'm right in all the conflicts. And don't we all tend to do that? Don't we all tend to think we're right in pretty much everything? I mean, when was the last time you went and you got in a big argument with somebody? And you were just arguing against what you really thought. We don't do that. It's what we really think at the time. Alright? Doesn't mean we're right, but, you know, we, we, it's just, it's what we do. And sometimes, we, here's what you need to understand. Sometimes good people mess up. Sometimes good people make mistakes and go the wrong direction. And even though, so in this story, even though Paul and Barnabas had problems with each other, we do see that, you know what, they both kept serving the Lord. Barnabas went on and he did his thing. Paul went on and he did his thing. Paul took Silas. Barnabas took John Mark. The work of the Lord was still being done. Christ was still being preached. And you know what? That is what's important. Because you know what? While I enjoy fellowshipping, you know what? My ministry is not about a fellowship. I should not be out there trying to just see how many people I can recruit to my side. 
how many people I can have out there that like me and think I'm the greatest preacher and that I can have preach for me and that one, that I can go preach for them. That's not what it's about. You know what my ministry should be about and what this church's ministry should be about? It should be about preaching the gospel. And you know, a lot of the fellowshipping that we do with people, we do it, one, because we're encouraged by the fellowship, but we want to encourage them too. You know, we want, you know, I like having other preachers in here that are friends. Why? Because I want them to motivate us. I want you all to be able to see that, you know what, I'm not the only guy preaching the stuff that I preach. I want, I want you all to be reminded that Liberty Baptist Church in Rock Falls, we're not the only people that are serving the Lord. There's more out there doing the same thing. I want my preacher friends to come here. I want them to see the work that the Lord is doing here. And I want them to be encouraged by it. I want them to be motivated. I want that. It's really about encouraging each other. Why? Because you know what? We're on the same team. We're working for the same thing. We're preaching the same gospel. And the truth is, it's not so much about a fellowship, but it's about advancing the gospel. That's what it's about. And at the end of the day, if some of these guys, you know, we might have, you know, there's going to be some people out there that we just might not want to fellowship with them for a lot of reasons. And you know what? Not everyone who leaves us, not everyone who leaves our church, not everyone who doesn't want to fellowship with us is an unsaved reprobate. Okay? I wish I could say that they all were. You know? I wish I could get up and every time somebody leaves this church say they went out from us because they were not of us. No, some people go out from us because they just didn't like us. You know? Sometimes they go out from us because there was just contention. We got out of line. You know, a brother offended is hard to be won in a strong city. Sometimes we mess up. We offend people. And people get hurt. You know, and they go on. Sometimes they quit. Sometimes they go on and they serve the Lord somewhere else. That happens. And you know what? Praise the Lord. As long as they're still serving the Lord, the cause of Christ is still being advanced. God's Word is still being proclaimed. That's what's important. It, it's, it shouldn't be the goal. It shouldn't be the focus that we just be the biggest church in the world. It can't just be all about us. It can't be all about this church. It's supposed to be all about Christ. That should be the attitude. But many people can't handle that. They have We have that attitude many times of Jesus' disciples in Luke 9.49. It says, And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name. And we forbade him because he followeth not with us. He's not one of us. He's not in our group. Therefore, he has no business doing this. He's not, you know, he's not one of us. But Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. It's clear this guy, he was doing things for the right reason. He was working towards the same things. And while he wasn't a part of their group, that what this guy was doing was obviously a good work. So you know what Jesus said? Leave him alone. Forbid him not. He that is not against us is on our part. And you know what? There are preachers out there that I don't like that are doing things for God. There are. There's preachers out there that I don't want to come preach for me. I don't like them. I don't want to visit their church. They don't want to visit my church. But you know what? That doesn't mean that they're not doing something for God. And that's tough. That's a tough pill to swallow sometimes. You know, it's tough for us to recognize that that not everyone that we separate from is an evil person. There are there are preachers that in the past I fellowshiped with 
that I, I will not fellowship with. Again, it doesn't necessarily mean they're evil people. You know, there's just some people we're not compatible with. You know, there's, I talked to a preacher one time. We were talking about some doctrinal things. And when it came to salvation, we were on the same page. But when it came to style, methodology, things like that, we were not on the same page. And you know, I told him, I said, I, you know, that we, we both just kind of agreed. I think we're brothers in Christ, but you know what? I don't think we're going to be preaching together at the same meetings. You know, his music is way different than our music. His style of preaching is way different than my style of preaching. I don't really like his style. He definitely doesn't like mine. But you know what? I don't get to call him unsaved because of that. It doesn't make him a bad guy. You know what? He's out there preaching the gospel, seeing a lot of people saved, doing great things. You know what? Praise the Lord. That's that's my attitude. I, I, I hear things that he's doing every once in a while and things that are being accomplished. You know what? I'm glad when I hear these things. I'm thankful when I hear what's happening there because I do think that at the end of the day, he's advancing the cause of Christ. He's preaching Christ. Is he helping out our fellowship? Nope. Is he doing anything to help our church? Nope. You know, is he doing anything really to encourage me? No. But is he doing things for the cause of Christ? Yeah, probably. You know, is he doing it the way I would do it? No. But you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to fight with that guy. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to try to fellowship with him, but I'm not going to go get in a fight with him. Just, there's some people we're not compatible with. You know, we may just, you know, there's some people that might hold up our growth and our walk with God. Many of the preachers I've fellowshiped with in the past, I'm afraid that they are just stuck in a rut and going nowhere, no time soon. And it's like, you know what? These people are, they're just kind of dragging me down. You know, there's friends I've had in the past. These people are just kind of a boat anchor around my neck. You know, they're not bad people. They're not preaching damnable heresy. But you know what? They're definitely not helping me. They're definitely, you know, they're, and they're, they definitely were holding me back. And so it's like, you know what? It's, it's time to move forward. You know, it's, it, it's regular, I'm regularly aggravated by just some of the continued stupidity from preachers I used to fellowship with. I heard a guy just the other day that I liked. I was thinking maybe I should have him come preach here. And I just heard him saying some stupid stuff about Israel. I was just like, you know what? I don't, if I fellowship too closely with these people, I'm going to have a harder time preaching the way I need to preach on some of these things. And so sometimes you just got to say, you know what? They're holding me back. Maybe we need to separate. You know what? You have your fellowship. You guys keep doing your thing. But you know what? I'm going to go on this. I'm going to, I'm going to do my thing. And you know what? While we maybe parted ways, they're not evil people. They're still preaching Christ. They're mad at me because I'm not helping build their fellowship. You know, I'm not one more name that they can add to their group anymore. I'm not one more preacher in attendance at their meetings. So they're mad at me because of it, because maybe they feel like, you know, I broke from their fellowship. But you know what? If they had the right attitude, if they had the right heart, and some of them do, they would be thankful that I'm out preaching Christ. And there are preachers out there, they don't like what I preach on prophecy. They don't like what I preach on Israel. But you know what? They recognize the fact that I'm preaching Christ. 
that our church is spreading the gospel. We're seeing souls saved. And while they don't want to fellowship with me, while they don't want to come preach here, while they're not going to ask me to go preach with them, you know what? They're still willing to just give me a word of encouragement and be my friend, maybe in private, some of them. Because they understand that, you know what? At the end of the day, he's preaching Christ. And I think, I think that's just the attitude we need to have with some people. I don't need to go and say, you know what? These people aren't following me. These people aren't my group. You know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to find the dirt on them. I'm going to get the goods on them. I'm going to expose these people. And I'm going to show just how wicked and how evil they are. I don't need to do that. I'm wasting my time. They're not wicked and evil. They might have been holding me back. They might be a little dead. You know, They might be boring and lame. But you know what? They're preaching Christ. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go. I'm going to preach Christ, you know, unhindered by these people. And maybe I'll be a good example. You know, maybe I'll inspire them to do a little bit more and uh, maybe preach a little bit harder and soul in a little more. I don't know. You know, there's some people too. Once again, we we just don't like them. There's there's some preachers. We've had some preachers come through here before that I've had preach, and there was people here in the church like I didn't like him. I didn't like his attitude. I didn't like his demeanor. I didn't like what he said about this. You know what? That doesn't make the people in our church a bad person for not liking one of the preachers that we have come in here. You know what? I mean, you don't have to like every preacher. You don't have to like every guy I like. You know, now you don't need to go out there bashing them and, you know, just, you know, railing on these guys and, you know, lying about them and things like that. But you don't have to like everybody. You know, we're going to have Pastor Anderson come here in a couple weeks. You know what? Not everybody in our church might really like him. That doesn't make you a bad person if you don't like him. I tell a lot of my other preacher friends, it's like they, you know, they're they're been out of shape because I'm friends with them or whatever, you know, and they, it's like they always need to make sure I know that they don't like him. I I don't make it a requirement for my friends to like all my other friends. Alright? Now, if one of my friends is lying about another friend, we have a problem. But if you just don't like him, that's fine. You know, I, I, I don't care. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight you over that. There are some people that I just don't like. There's preachers out there in the past that, you know, I've not gone to meetings where they've been preaching at, maybe normally I went just because I didn't like them. I didn't like the way they preached. I was just talking about, well, I won't name this guy because I don't know that he's a bad guy. I just don't like his preaching. But the whole time he preaches, he does this. The whole time. And when you watch a guy preach a sermon like this for an hour, it gets really old. And he's got this kind of monotone voice. And he, you know, he's preaching. He does this, you know, and he constantly does this, he does this weird breathing thing, rocking back and forth. I mean, if I did that for an hour like that, you guys would get really annoyed fast. And I just can't stand to watch it. And, I, and the thing is, I never even noticed it. I'd heard him preach a few times. And I remember my dad was like, it's like he's preaching. He's like, I'm not going to that meeting. He's like, I'm like, why not? He's like, I can't stand watching him preach. He rocks back and forth the whole time. He does this weird breathing thing. I hadn't even noticed it. And then I went to service that night and I'm watching. I'm like, that is annoying, you know. And I, and it was, it, you know, that's we don't have to like everybody. We don't we don't have to, we, you know some people we're just we're not going to be compatible with. All right. I would not do real good in certain parts of the country, all right, and in, in the you know in some of the southern states. 
A lot of those people probably wouldn't like me. I wouldn't be a good pastor probably in a black church. They probably wouldn't they probably wouldn't like me. I'm probably not exciting enough. I, I don't know. There's just there's there's we have differences, and you know what? That's fine. It doesn't make the other people bad. But where there's going to be differences, we don't have to fellowship with everybody. And so we see here in this story that you know there 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 could be many reasons for these splits and departures, and we do we see Paul in this story in Acts 15. He did end up teaming up with Silas. He ended up finding a friend there, and Paul and Silas they went on and did great things. And so at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. Go ahead and turn over to 2 Timothy 4.10. It really, or no, we already went there, but it doesn't matter who's right in a lot of these situations. When you see, you know, splits in groups, you know, and I've seen it before with, uh, you know, where Revival Fires groups, they've had kind of splits within that group, you know. Uh, a while back, a lot of people were splitting off from the West Coast crowd. I remember the big split uh, when, you know, Jack Scott, uh, started messing with the King James Bible. A lot of people broke away from there. People are writing all these things. I'm not going back to pastor school anymore. Stuff like that. And you know what? You know, sometimes there's a time to split. Sometimes you you know you need to part ways for certain things. But at the end of the day, you know, not everybody, you know, not everybody that takes certain sides is all just all of a sudden unsaved. They're probably wrong. Not everybody that's going down the wrong path is necessarily just yet ceased to win people to Christ. You know, they're still accomplishing some things without us, but it's like people get so bent out of shape when people leave their fellowship that they just all of a sudden have to become enemies. They don't have to be enemies. There's other preachers out there that, you know, have, that have expressed interest in fellowshipping with me and that have kind of reached out. And it's like, I don't know how to say this a lot of times, but it's just like, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't like you. Um, sometimes, you know, and, and it's not even that I don't like them. You know, I'll, I'll, I don't usually try to hold these personal things, but there are some people, they just have certain doctrines that if they believe those things, it doesn't make them unsaved, but I don't want to fellowship with them. I just, I don't want to mess with that. I, I don't want to get involved with those people. I just see them as dragging me down. Uh, I think some of these things are stupid, and I just I just don't want to fellowship with them because of that. Doesn't mean that they're unsaved, but I do think that they'll hold up my hold up my growth. So what we just need to do is just worry. Hey, is the cause of Christ being advanced here? It really doesn't matter who wants to fellowship with us. What should matter is Christ being preached, and that's what we see here in Philippians one fourteen through eighteen. We see Paul here, he's saying, some people are doing it for the wrong reasons. Some people, it's out of envy and strife. But you know what? Christ is being preached. The question we ought to ask ourselves before we just go condemning people and throw them in hell is, is Christ being preached? Are they preaching Christ? Yeah, they're not doing this or they're not doing that, but are they preaching Christ? Okay? Now, if they're preaching Christ, if they're preaching the right gospel, okay, leave them alone. Now, if they're going the wrong direction, if they're if they've got some bad behavior, you know what we might need to do? We might need to say, you know what, I can't fellowship with these people. I'm not going to fellowship with you anymore. You know, we need to part ways. But you know what? At the end of the day, it while it might hurt our fellowship, if if they're preaching Christ, you know, praise the Lord. 
Christ is still doing good, and that's what really matters. And you know what? If they're wrong in their behavior, then that's exactly what we should do is break fellowship with them. Just so hopefully they will get right. Hopefully they'll want to restore that fellowship. Hopefully they'll start doing the right thing and then you know preach Christ while behaving right too. But at, at the end of the day, not everybody that we're going to break fellowship with is going to be unsaved reprobates. Sometimes we're going to break fellowship just because we think they're going the wrong direction, because they're doing the wrong thing, maybe because they're incompatible. But And when that happens, we don't need to get bent out of shape. We don't need to get discouraged. As long as Christ is being preached, we ought to praise the Lord. And there are there's a lot of people out there, you know, and I, I hate to admit this, but there's people out there that don't like me that are doing great things for God. I wish I could say they were all unsaved reprobates, but you know, I, I can't. You know, they're doing great things for God. They're getting they're getting people saved. There's preachers out there that I don't like. They're getting more people saved than I am. You know, there's a hard to swallow pill for you right there. But you know what? This isn't this isn't about me. This isn't about just about Liberty Baptist Church. It's not about the churches that we fellowship with. It's not about any of you in here. One of these days as our church grows, if we're not careful, we can get in danger of having schisms in the church. And we can have these cliques and different groups in there. And everybody's just trying to draw away disciples after themselves. And all of a sudden we have all these divisions and things in the church. You know, that that's a bad thing. We shouldn't be about just getting people for ourselves and then just... You know, inflating, just so we can inflate our ego. We should be about preaching Christ. And you know what? There's some people out there, while I don't really want to be their friend, I don't really want to fellowship with them, you know what? They're preaching Christ. And I say, praise the Lord. And that should be our attitude. And I, I think if we had that attitude, then these, then things wouldn't affect us so negatively whenever there is controversy, whenever there is a split. You know, what are we going to do? You know, this person, he doesn't want to fellowship with us anymore. Well, that stinks. But are they still preaching Christ? That's the important thing. If they're still preaching Christ, then you know what? Let's pray for them. Let's let them do their own thing. You know, and let God be glorified. So, I hope that was a help to you. With that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you for your goodness to us. We pray you'll help us, Lord, to have this attitude uh, that we see uh, that Paul had in, in Philippians chapter 1. Pray that we won't make this about us, about our fellowship, or about our church, or anything like that that we will just be mainly concerned with whether or not you're being preached and the truth is being spread. I pray we'll always stand up against false doctrine and we'll stand for the right things and, and be a separated people. But Lord, help us to uh, not go uh, trying to shoot down people that maybe aren't necessarily uh, the bad guys and, uh, and the unsaved, Lord, but help us just to uh, be about your business and promoting you. In your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and...